I know how dark it is for you right now, curled up, lying in your own emotional vomit. You're in hell now, Boomhauer. And the only way out is through a long, dark tunnel. And you're afraid to go in because there's a train coming at you, carrying a boxcar full of heartbreak. Well, let me tell you something. All you can do is let it hit you and then try to find your legs. Mm-hmm. I know. I've taken that hit more times than I can remember. <laughs> Look at me, Boomhauer. I'm fat. And I'm old, and every day I'm just gonna wake up fatter and older. Then somehow I managed to drag this fat old bald bastard out into the alley every day. I'm out there digging holes, falling into them, climbing out, trying again. And tomorrow I'm gonna hang outside at a lady's prison. And the first thing those lady cons are gonna see after 20 years is me. Will I get one? Experience says no. Will I be out there next month? If I'm alive, you better believe it. You gotta get right back up on that tanning bed, slip into a tight t-shirt, wash off some of that cologne, and get yourself out of that tunnel and into some strange woman's bed! Oh, yeah, man. Yes, that's what Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Monster 8, the pilot show. It is an inspirational night because I'm feeling inspired by that speech from Mr. One Bill Dotrieb, the Bill Dozer from Hang, uh, King of the Hill. What a wonderful show that was. Oh, my good God. I think they are bringing that back. Have I been reading that wrong? Oh, man. Welcome. Welcome to the Monster 8, the pilot show Sunday. So we've got some fun stuff. Three episodes of Lost. Three, well, two good episodes. One episode that I was hoping was fun. It's not as fun as I thought it was anymore. It's actually pretty fucking weird, but we'll get there. We've got a little bit of sports talk. We've got the NFL, NFL, NHL playoff prediction fun stuff that I'm going to go over. Um, I've got other shit going on i think yeah we got some fun stuff to have tonight we're gonna have a good time you know why we're having a good time is because i got a different camera angle going on on the video so if you're checking out the video you get to see a different camera angle of brandon you get to see the lamp over his head now it's wonderful you see the lucero picture in the background i'm trying to i don't know i can't figure this shit out should i be looking directly at the camera i feel like after all this time i should have figured out what i'm doing uh, in terms of how I look at the camera, but I feel so awkward just staring at the camera, and I hope you feel awkward too, because that's what this show's really about. Me making you feel awkward for me. I don't know. <laughs> Once again, Pantsless Sundays. What's up? <laughs> that's just right now, Pantsless Sundays. Um... Yeah, if you've liked what you've heard, you spread the good word. Like, share, subscribe, support, uh, rate the podcast if you want to, wherever you wa listen or watch or whatever you do. That'd be really cool. Um, I don't know. I hope everybody's enjoying the uh, karaoke Chris Moore episode of the podcast. That was a lot of fun. A good talk, a lot about music, a lot about life, some sports, all the good fun stuff that you come to know and love from Brandon. You also got it from Chris Moore. So it was a good show. It was a good time. Um yeah, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Uh, this coming Thursday, you will also get the Nick Baxter, Nikki B, Nikki Baxter. We'll have that episode up. That was another great chat I had this week. So we'll be, uh, you'll be getting that on Thursday. Um, so make sure you are subscribed for new episodes or whatever. I don't know how it all works. Some places will send you a notification. Some places apparently don't. I don't know. I don't know how anything works. I'm pretty dumb. I'm a pretty dumb guy. Um, but yeah. 
I think we're all having a good time here. I think everybody uh, who gives me feedback always seems to be enjoying what's going on. So I thank you for all the fun whatever happening. Huh. This is the show, guys. This is the show. What's going on in the world of branding, guys? What, where? How do I start this show anymore? I think I do this every week. I get to the first part and I don't know how to start it. Abortion. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the way to start. Just just jump into the, you know, a polar, it shouldn't be polarizing, but it's apparently a polarizing thing. We should just jump into horrible things. Let's just talk about stuff that makes everybody either mad or mad because the other side's mad. Who fucking knows? Everybody's mad about other people being mad now. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Don't be mad that this one comedian, uh, like 10 years ago, had a whole bunch of really horrible stand-up bits where he said the N-word a lot or something like that, and they say, hey, we think... He should lose his sponsorships. You know what? At a certain point, it was so long ago, times have changed, whatever. I don't think we should go that far in the past to go find horrible things about people. But then don't be the signs like, you shouldn't do that. And then when you know Bud Light tries to make a lot of money, you go, ugh, I can't believe it. I'm not drinking Bud Light anymore. Whatever. I don't want to get political, even though it's just stupid. Anti-woke is as bad – it's actually worse than woke because it's just complaining about complaining. And I do understand that I'm complaining about complaining about complaining, and that makes me that much worse. But I understand that I accept me for who I am. I mean for love of God, I've talked about my underwear like four straight weeks and sitting here in my underwear talking about my underwear. So, I mean, what the fuck do I know, right? <laughs> That's the uh, – I think that is what we're actually all here for is – for Brandon to take the piss out of anything that's serious. Nobody should be here to, like, have their minds changed about anything. Like, I'm not here to change your mind. I'm here to ease my own mind, man. And, like, most of the things I say, I say them because they rhyme. That's right. Half-written songs all day long. I've got some jam sessions coming up this week. Me and Nikki Baxter talking about maybe getting together for a jam sesh. We'll see. I don't want to spoil too much of what I talked about in the episode you haven't heard yet. So... I'm using the uh I'm using the the uh secondary mic tonight because I just I couldn't get the muster up the energy to bring the good mic three feet from where it's sitting at over here because I only had to move this one two feet, so it was easier. I mean effort is not the monster eat the pilot's strong suit. There's not a lot of effort going on here. <laughs> oh, I know I talked last week, oh, Chris Catman Thomas was supposed to come up, but he had to cancel because of job stuff. If anybody <laughs> wait, I'm, <laughs> I'm so stupid. I was about to offer anybody a ticket to the uh, Columbus Crew game that technically won't be played until the day before this podcast comes out, because I record on Fridays. So, I always say Sunday. I was about to offer you guys a ticket to a game that's technically would have already happened by the time you're listening to this. Brandon has no idea what the hell he's doing anymore, man. He has no idea. You know what he does have an idea, though, of? He knows how to take care of himself now a little bit. I mean, I'm still fat as shit. I have completely – I haven't fallen completely off the wagon with the weight loss thing. I have gained like three pounds back, so I've got to get back on that stuff, man. I ate earlier in the day. That's been my problem is like um, work schedule has changed and like the way t like uh, my work schedule – is now like when I get off work, it's either I've like haven't ate since like two o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. And it's like I get home like kind of hungry and I can't stop myself right now. There's times where I just can't stop myself from getting something, and like a big part of my plan and like what worked when I lost like 50 pounds after high school was not eating after seven o'clock. That was like a huge part of it. No snacking, you know, not, not random snacks, but 
shit, man, it's so hard now. There's no, I have no uh, willpower anymore, you know? I have no willpower power because I have to deal with friends like Chris Catman Thomas and how he has to cancel on me on a day's notice. Just like Chris, like this, like, what's up with the Chris's canceling on a day notice, man? Oh, man, I'm going to slap some Chris's. That, let me tell you that. Chris's everywhere. You're about to get slapped in the face. What's up? <laughs> no, but taking care of myself. You know, I think uh, I think I've added a little extra stress, some stuff I don't like to talk about. You know, uh, there's stuff I won't talk about on the podcast. It's not like uh, the heavy stuff. It's not like, oh, shit, like, you know, I'm in a bad depression spell again or something like that. No, nothing like that. It's just the extra stress of just regular life that everybody goes through. There's just certain things I'm... One, I'm not, I don't think I'm allowed to talk about on the podcast. And it's also stuff, it's just like, you know, I have a therapist for a reason. I can talk to her about it. Um, but I think I've had a little added layer to it lately. And I think that's been affecting, like, kind of me getting stuff done in terms, like, you know, kind of same focus on the weight loss goals. Everything else, though, has been pretty good. I'm trying to refocus on the writing some more. You know, I've still got, I got, like, this whole freaking, if you're looking at the video, I've got, like, a page and a half of stuff written down. To, or not even a page and a half. <laughs> it's, like, a page and one line. But it's more than I usually write down. I'm trying to write more. I'm, like, doing all that stuff again. I'm trying to finish up a couple songs before Casey comes over in a couple of days to jam. So I'd have some actually finished stuff to work on for once, which I've never had before. So just finishing one would be a huge fucking accomplishment. I'd be so happy. But uh, one thing I think I have kind of learned in the past two years and uh, two and a half years, counting sobriety, all the fun stuff is learning to bet on myself and learning to accept that sometimes even if you like just because you bet on yourself and you lose from time to time doesn't mean you should like never try it again. Like that's what I've kind of learned in the past couple of years is that it's always worth betting on yourself from time to time. I bet on myself with this podcast and by that I mean I didn't put a lot down. It's just I hey, why not give it a fucking shot. Me and Nikki B talked about this. So uh, we'll get there. Uh, you get to hear all that on Thursday. I almost forgot what day I post stuff. I am not good at this. <laughs> um, no, but um, it's satisfying when you can stick to your guns on things. Like, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Say, like, you know, somebody, say somebody's asking you to do something and you're like, well, I can't do that for this. I got to be able to, like, you know, say it's like a money thing. You say, hey, I can only, you know, I got to do it for 20 bucks. You know, or something like that. Just we'll make it as simple as possible. Twenty bucks, I'll do it. And they're like, "Well, I can't give you any money," and they still expect you to do it. And you say, "Okay, fuck off. You're gonna give me forty now." You know, like it's like something like that. You know, kind of betting on yourself, having pride in what you do, and not letting other people try to just take advantage of you all the time. I had to take that for a long time. I know me and Dan way back in the day, Danimal the Animal, we talked about that. You know, not just being yes men and just being there to make everybody happy and laugh. You know, it's good that be that from time to time, but you got to know when you put your foot down. And I think in the past couple of years, I've learned to put my foot down. I've learned to be a little bit more, you know what, me centric, but not overly selfish. You know, I can take care of things. Um, I can understand when something is not good for me and say, hey, that's not good for me. And I'm able to explain it. Like being emotionally immature as I've been for most of my life, um, I have not always been good at doing that, expressing myself in a way that was positive or receptive. It's usually I waited till it boiled over and I just blew up on people. So I'm getting better. And that's always cool to recognize, see, and it makes you feel good. It makes you feel proud of yourself. Which the first time I ever felt proud of myself, I was terrified. I'm like, what the fuck is this, man? 
Oh, F-bombs. I don't think my mom listens anymore. I think all the cursing has drove my mom off the show. <laughs> That's what you want. You want your guaranteed audience to be running for the hills <laughs> within a year. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what is going on? Do we just jump into sports talk? Do we jump into sports talk? I think we jump into sports talk, right? Yeah, let's jump into sports talk. Uh, Liverpool 2, Arsenal 2, cracking game of footy at Anfield. Um, Arsenal went up 2-0. Liverpool clawed themselves back into that game. Um, Bobby Firmino scoring the uh, point-earning header in like the 87th minute, if I'm thinking correctly. Wonderful. I love Bobby scored like 11 goals against Arsenal. I love that man. I love that man almost as much as I love Jurgen Klopp. And I don't think that was would have been possible ever. But I fucking love Bobby Firmino. I am going to miss him so much. Like when I watch that last game of him in Anfield, I will cry. I am going to cry. And I might live stream it for you. And you watch me be in a blubbering mess in my underwear. Probably shirtless, too, because it's probably going to be like a Sunday morning. So, you know, Sunday mornings are for no shirts and underwear. That's what's up. I mean, let's just be truthful. Let's just lay it all out there. Oh, getting the ladies. <laughs> the fuck am I talking about, guys? The fuck? Uh, yeah, like I said, Liverpool, the season's over, man. I'm not super invested in I'm just invested in certain things like the Bobby Firmino stuff. His season coming up. Uh, we've officially pulled out of the Jude Bellingham sweepstakes, which makes me sad. But I do understand it as much as people, like some Liverpool fans, are flipping their fucking lid that, you know, they don't want to spend money. They, like the way we run, the entire. We need three midfielders, and we need a center back, and we need another uh, goalkeeper. We might need a right back if Trent's moving into the midfield. Like, we have holes in this squad that are not just midfielders. And putting 135, 150 million towards one player makes no fucking sense. It just does not make sense when you have that big of gaps. Uh, we don't have the money Man City has. We don't have the money Chelsea has or Newcastle. We can't throw 135 at one player. We just can't. And not be, and be it just, it's an unsustainable model. The only way we could have really afforded Bellingham, and I kept thinking about it as the price for Bellingham seemed to go up, and Man City and Real Madrid continued to be kind of super into it, uh, interested, um, was that we're going to have to sell somebody. And the we're not selling Darwin, we're not selling Yakpo, uh, we're not getting you know maybe you'd sell Diogo Jota, but like you'd have to sell him. You have to sell a few other players to afford the Bellingham and afford everything else we still need. And then you would need another attacker if you're selling Yota. Because Bobby's leaving. That's you know, Diogo can, you know, play all along that line. He can go on the right, left, up the middle, he can do all that stuff. He hasn't played great with his injuries. He has he hasn't scored for over a year. But I always do like when uh, I I love Diogo. I love his shithouser. He's got some good shithouser in his game. And that's always needed. And he can come up with a good goal from time to time. And he can score some wonders. Like that there was a goal against Everton with the back heel drag, just destroys a defender and just oh it was it's uh, roof of the net, beautiful. Um then the time he scored that the game winning penalty against Leicester, looked at the uh, those fucking Tories and said, "Fuck off!" <laughs> Screamed it at him as plain as day. TV cameras, you just see him say, "Fuck off." <laughs> it's wonderful. Leicester's probably going down. 
which kind of makes me sad, but I kind of don't care. Because, like, you know, a couple years ago, they were this close to maybe being come, making a top seven instead of a top six. You know, the top six teams in England could have been a top seven with Leicester. Like, two years ago, that's where they were. And now they're probably going down. It's crazy. Them, Southampton, and then it's it's still pretty wide open. They're still playing games. But Liverpool have no chance at top four. No Bellingham. I mean, I know there's a lot of talk of Mason Mount on a free I don't really. I never cared for Mason Mount, but once I heard he might be coming to Liverpool on a free, I actually got pretty excited. I I, I would like Mason Mount. We don't have to spend a whole lot. His wages won't be ridiculous. Um, he's versatile. He can play all through the midfield. He could probably even go out on the wing if he needs to. Um, he's like a younger James Milner, I think, at this point. He's not quite as versatile, and he's probably a little bit more offensive-minded than Milner was, but he has that versatility in his game that uh, Milner has and that professionalism that's like the, in the want to work hard, which is always wonderful, which is something we're going to have to replace with Milner. Milner is one of those guys who puts his head down and he puts in the work every single day. Millie's 37 at this point. We need somebody to take that. And it might be Mason Mount, and I'd be happy with that. And then uh, there's talk of Connor Gallagher also from Chelsea. I would love that. I think Gallagher is a fucking stud. And I think Chelsea is absolutely wasted him by making him this like off-the-bench impact sub. Get him in the game. Let him play an 8. Let him play the 10. Let him play the 6. He can play all through that midfield. He is energetic. He is feisty. I fucking love Connor Gallagher. I would love both of those guys. They can say Chelsea rejects all they want. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Mo Salah was a Chelsea reject. Daniel Sturridge was a Chelsea reject. Both those guys were wondrous at Liverpool. I'll take that all fucking day. If you don't know how to use them, give them to us. Jurgen will figure that out. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know where we go if uh, with, with not the Bellingham stuff. I think Bellingham and Mount would have been excellent business and then figuring everything out uh, else out. I still think we need would need one more midfielder. But... Whatever. I don't want to waste too much time on Liverpool tonight because really the season's basically over. We're not getting top four. There's no more cup competitions. Um, I watched the Man City uh, Bayern Munich game the other night before Chris got here. I watched it till it got two nil. Man, that f- that Rodri's goal was incredible with his weak foot, his left foot, top corner curve. Oh. Mm, it was beautiful. And as soon as he got the ball, I'm like, oh, he's about to unleash one. Because Rodri, he's got that technique that is just, he's got flawless technique. So when he hits him, he hits him so pure. And I'm like, oh, man, he's going to he's gonna line one up. And I didn't even, like, I wasn't even paying attention. I'm like, he lined it up with his, you know, weak foot. And, oh, it was so perfect. It was beautiful. Yeah. But then uh, it ended up being 3-0. That kind of, oof. And then uh, the Byron center back, the one starts with a U. I can't say his fucking name. Sorry. Upacampo? I don't know. Um, He overplayed a ball at center at the back. And Man City, ruthless as they are, pounce on it. Bernardo Silva puts it away. And I know Holland got one. Um, Then I guess uh, Sadio punched Leroy Sané after the game. (laughs) And he got suspended. Oh, Sadio, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Uh, well, I don't know. But the only thing I'm really focused on, one is Messina trying to stay up, and the other one is possibility of Preston going up. I mentioned in the Chris episode, Preston play Millwall tomorrow. That is a massive game. I am really excited. I'm ecstatic for this game. Um, they're both level one points. Millwall is sixth, or I'm sorry, fifth. Blackburn's sixth, and then Preston are seventh. 
we got to get in the top six. Blackburn does have a game in hand. Blackburn has a pretty tough schedule the rest of the way. They play Hall City tomorrow, and that's the only game they play that's not against top half of the table. Top ten, even. Uh, they play like Coventry. They play us. They play uh, Millwall as well. I think they play Burnley as well. Um, our schedule has a couple tough games, like the Blackburn-Millwall. I think we still have to play Sheffield United. And I think that's our three toughest games. We have a shot. We have a shot. Millwall's playing like garbage right now. Um, I know Blackburn, well, I think they dropped points to somebody in Huddersfield last week, if I'm thinking correctly. So we could sneak into these playoffs, man. I'd be, oh, goosebumps. Goosebumps. Going to Wembley. Chance to go up. Well, we'd have to earn the spot after the playoff and then go into the playoff final. Um, I kind of want that. I want it to be teams that have not been up. So I don't want to see uh, – like it's going to be Sheff- – it's like Sheffield United and Burnley are going up. Whoop-de-fucking-do. I just saw them go down, which Sheffield United a couple years ago. But I just saw Burnley go down. I really don't like the fucking yo-yo. Um, so I would like to see – like, you know, if Preston doesn't do it, Luton Town would be f- pretty fucking cool. Uh, Millwall would be cool just to have their shithousery fans that are fucking crazy – hoodlums that they are <laughs> come up to the Premier League and just disgrace the league. It's going to be awesome. It would be so awesome. I kind of want that to happen. not But not at Preston's expense. So I'd kind of like see Millwall and like, uh, well, it'd have to be either one of us at that point because we have to win the playoff. But whatever. Whatever. That's a huge game. Um, am I missing anything else? The other games, like I said, Tranmere's done. They don't care for the rest of the season. They're solid mid-table. Hibernian's where they're at. Um, Mines is like eighth. So you know, crew are playing excellent football. They won again over DC United 2-0. Um, I really wasn't a fan of Matan going down as easy as he did to get the penalty, but hey, they called it. And they went to VAR and overturned the call on the field for a penalty, which I'm like, what the fuck did they see? <laughs> it's like, oh, he clips his foot. I'm like, get out of here. It's not enough for him to go down like that. I'd rather stay on his feet. And then Christian Ramirez continues to play really well for the new team. He put up another goal. Um, Mo Farsi is getting so much better on the right. I know how last week I talked about how Will Sands is like growing into the role. He was awful. In the last like twenty minutes, they were just picking him apart. He had no chance against the player, uh, the right back for, I guess, the right wing back for uh, DC. Like he was just getting skinned alive over there. So I don't know. If, hopefully, it's just an off game. I think that might be Sands' issue. He's not like a super athlete, so you know, so you get those guys who can really bomb down like the wings. He'll struggle. Because he just can't keep. There's multiple times where he had like a foot. He had like he, you know, he was on the front foot. He was in front of the guy, and he just got outran, and that's a little worrisome. Um, a couple times, Milos decided to just go on adventures for no fucking reason. Like Milos has got to like get his shit together sometimes. Like he's kind of supposed to be the leader of the back, and there's times I'm like, what the fuck are you? There's like a point in the game where, um, he just leaves his position to go cover the left like flank. Even though, like, Quentin's there. Quentin is standing there. And he just goes around him to go cover it. And it's like, Quentin, like, like even Yone, he's like, get the fuck back in your position after the play was over. Like, because, you know, he does that, leaves this huge gap in the center, which makes Aiden and Darlington have to, like, cover so much more space. Makes, like, Mo and uh, Marrera have to, like, cover so much more space. So it just opens so many problems for him. Just, like, he just went on a, like, fucking walkabout to go have a fun time on the left wing. Um... I was like, what the hell are you doing? Get in your position. Like, it was not the time to take risks. You know, it's 2-0. It's like the 82nd minute. So there's time here for them to get back in the game. But I was happy for the fact that, you know, we didn't, we bent a little bit, but we didn't break. Last year, it was all about we broke before we even tried to bend. Like, you know, you could, 
<laughs> so like it was like anytime somebody kind of came forward it was like yeah if we're winning we're gonna go ahead and give up this goal we're gonna have to give away this lead that's all we did all last year um i still want to see us perform against better teams like you know the teams we have beat like you know i can say atlanta united you know it was a little short they didn't have almada they didn't have miles robinson but at the same time we didn't have room who's still not playing uh milos uh lucha uh cucho or lucas so i mean we we're missing like you could say our four top earners four best players in theory um and absolutely routed them um then real salt lake are really bad they are really bad <laughs> and then um not as bad as montreal montreal is horrible um and then dc is not good they are still not very good um so i do want to see us play some tougher competition and perform the way we have let's see new england tomorrow the new england revolution as much as, you know, I'm not a huge fan. Like, you know, when the uh, St. Louis, not St. Louis, Kansas City was like the Wizards or whatever, the stupid names. I've always really liked the crew, and I've always really liked New England Revolution. I always thought those were actually pretty cool names for the clubs. Excuse me. Let me see. It's 7, it's be 7.30 tomorrow. I will be there. Uh, what am I doing, guys? I forgot what I was doing. Oh, this. How is New England doing so far this year? They are second in the Eastern Conference behind Cincinnati, who play very, very boring football, but it's effective football. One nils, one nil, one nil, one nil. <laughs> so continue to play like that. I mean, continue to win. That's all that matters. As long as you put them on the board, they don't ask how. They ask how many. Yeah, so right now it's Cincinnati, New England, Atlanta, and then the crew sitting in fourth place. Uh, the crew are the top scoring team in the entire league. So in your face. A fun team to watch. You got to think we gave up four goals that first week. So we've only, you know, in six games since we've given up four goals. So defensively, we've played really well. So, um, yeah, so it should be a really good game. Hope for a great atmosphere. I mean, they're having some stupid, um, I think it's like roller derby night. Oh, God. I hate, I hate the fucking theme nights. I mean, cool. You, what'd you do? You brought in like three more fans this week because we did roller derby night. Just have the fucking game. The game advertises itself. You don't need to do fucking Star Wars for the nerds. You don't have to do roller derby night or 90s night or whatever the hell else is going on. I don't know. I'm just an old crabby man. Don't listen to me. I'm just a crabby ass man. <laughs> I'm just, I am just bitter, and I'm old, and I'm just tired. I'm cranky all day long. It is awful. But what is not awful is these damn Boston Bruins switching over to hockey. My God. For some reason, we decided to play our entire, like, first lineup against Montreal in a game that mattered zero, zero, after all, Allmark, like, hurt himself a little bit the night uh, a couple nights before against Washington. Luckily, as I said, it was just precaution. But I'm like, why risk any money? Bergeron leaves the game, which is terrifying, but they said that was just precaution. I'm like, God, why are these guys in this game? And they didn't play well. It was like, apparently it was the player's like decision. They said they wanted to, you know, stay, you know, um, not, not fresh. They wanted to stay kind of in the zone, still playing, not taking those long breaks that maybe gives them a little bit of rust. So they wanted to play. If that's the case, you played like shit. We still won 5-4, but like Montreal was resting more people than we were. We should have beaten Montreal like by 8-0. I said nil. Wrong sport, Brandon. Um, but yeah. But Orlov scored a ridiculous goal. An absolutely disgusting goal. 
He like goes down the left, up against the wall. Lauko gives him the puck, and he skates in, and he puts it on the roof of the net with such ferocity. The freaking net comes like off its hinges for a second. Oh, it was disgusting from a super tight angle. It was beautiful. I fucking love Orlov. I love this team. I mean, it's over. We're probably losing in the first round. It doesn't matter. I know we won 65 games, but it's over. We get it. But, you know, but this has been so fun to watch. So fun to watch. But we get the Panthers in the first round. I was a little worried. I'm a little worried there just because the Panthers are a talented team. Um, I am confident, though, because their goaltending is not great at all. Um, Bob doesn't play for him ever because he was so horrible this year. <laughs> like, I don't think he's played since, like, late March, so... We're not worried about Bob, but you know he you can turn it on. He's one of those guys who can just randomly turn it on and just win a series out of nowhere. You know he you kind of stole a couple games a couple years ago when we played uh, Columbus in the playoffs. He played well enough. You know there was multiple games we should have easily like throttled them, but he kept them in games. But you know I don't know. Then we've got uh, yeah so Bruins Panthers first round. <laughs> Of all the matchups, I wanted to play... Well, there was like four teams heading into the last two games that had a chance. Like, really... Like, because Buffalo was technically still in it at that point. They really were out of it. I would love to play Buffalo because Buffalo, we would have... It'd been, I would have been very confident in a sweep against Buffalo. I mean, the last two times we played Buffalo, we beat them 14-1. to 1. So, I mean, I'm, I was not worried about that. They don't play defense. We do play defense. And we can still score. And, you know, so we just probably would have really throttled them, but they were out. I would have played Pittsburgh in a second. There was, like, one guy I saw, like, you know, we don't want to play Pittsburgh. He started naming off all the players they have and how difficult of a matchup it would be. I'm like, yeah, all the talent, all the players you just named are good enough to be ninth place in the Eastern Conference. I'm not worried about them. Florida I'm a little worried about because there's a lot of talent there, and they seem kind of built for a little bit of a playoff. So, and then the Islanders, I wasn't worried so much about their players, but I'm worried about their goaltender. Because he's really good. Um, oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. Should have had this researched. So he could have stole a game and then turned the whole series on his head. But, no, we get the Panthers. You know, I'll still go Bruins in six. Um, because this is how the playoffs work in NHL. You're going six. <laughs> I'm not as worried about, like, having this huge letdown after the regular season. Just because our defense is so good. Uh, we are, like, 35, 38 goals better in terms of like how many goals we've given up than anybody else in the league. Our defense is really, really good. Our goaltenders are excellent, but you know, we've got literally four guys who would be on first line defenses anywhere in the league. And there's four of them on our team. And then so I mean it's good. Forbert's gonna be back. Felino should be back, whether he's playing or not. You don't even know if he Felino might be back and just be a healthy scratch. Forbert uh will be back. That'll be, help out on the penalty kill, which our penalty kill's still fucking disgustingly good. Our penalty uh power plays Looked better for a second, and now they're horrible again because they were horrible against Montreal. We had a five on three that was an absolute joke, um, but whatever. Anyway, Bruins and six over the Panthers. Uh, the other first round matchup. Uh, the other first round matchup. We'll just go through all of them. Let's just have some fun here. Uh, the other one we got the Maple Leaves and the Lightning. I think this is the year. I think this is it, guys. Friends in Toronto, this is it. I think you get out of the first round this year. Um, I think out of the first round, I think you do it in six games as well. Tampa Bay was horrible down the stretch. They were not good at all. They looked completely disjointed and completely done. Now, it could be, you know, they've known they're playing the Maple Leafs in the playoffs since December. 
<laughs> you know, because of the stupid way they do the uh, playoff brackets now. Instead of doing, you know, one to eight and two seven, three versus six and five versus four, they do the whole different divisions play. Uh, it's stupid. I like how all the players and all the fans hate it, but Gary Bettman's like, people just love the playoff system. And it's like, no. The fan, the fans don't like it. They think it's stupid, and the players are like, "This is dumb. Just go back to one, like one to eight. Well, well, we can't do that because I, I still don't know why. Gary Bettman's the worst. He's the absolute worst. As much as I hate on Rob Manfred, much as uh, NFL fans want to hate on uh, Roger Goodell, they neither one of those guys. You combine those two guys and how horrible they've been, they're not even close to Gary fucking Bettman. Gary Bettman is a fucking joke. <laughs> but whatever, whatever. Um, I think the Maple Leafs beat the Lightning in six. I think this is the year Maple Leafs get out of the first round, and that sets up a what will be a colossal matchup. That'll be that is the series I want to see is Bruins Maple Leafs in the second round. I think that's why I'm definitely picking it to go that way. Um, because what I saw last week that that would be an epic series. That would be epic. There would be so much fucking talent on the ice. That'd have been like what the uh, the COVID year 2020. That's what the Bruins lightning series should have been if Tuca didn't uh, decide he couldn't do the fucking bubble and said, Hey, I'm out of here, which totally understandable. Um, where we got beaten five. I think if Tuca's there, that series would have been so fucking epic, but what do I know? Then we got the devils and the Rangers. That's going to be interesting. The devils are young, a team that completely exceeded all expectations. They are young. They score. They have fun. They are a really cool team to watch. Uh, that Hughes kid is really good at hockey for what well, I think is like 21 now, maybe 20 even. Um, but does, does, does all that fun success transfer from the regular season to the playoffs? I don't think so. Rangers in seven. I think the Rangers have enough talent there. I like Panarin. I like there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of good defense. There's a lot of guys ready to step up, like Fox, Keandre Miller, Panarin, like to kind of do it on a bigger stage. And I think I like the goaltending for the Rangers a little bit more than the Devils. And this is when it gets down to goaltending a lot of the time. So I'm going to go Rangers in seven. Write this all down, JR. Write this all down and see how fucking correct I am. I'm giving you a job this week. I'm That's what I do on this show. I give people random jobs. The last one, Hurricanes versus Islanders. I don't know. I really like the Hurricanes team. I like that they're big. They're strong. They are brutish. Uh, but the Islanders have a great goaltender, and they have talent like Barzal. What, is Barzal hurt? I may have just said something stupid. Yeah, he's back. Okay. So you got like Barzell, you got Horvat, you got some good talent there with uh, the Islanders, and they have an ex excellent goaltender who basically dragged them to the playoffs. And sometimes those guys drag them to the playoffs, and then they can drag them through the playoffs, man. Um, but I don't know. The Hurricanes are fucking good. Um, even without, uh, what's his face? I can't remember his name. That Russian kid that got hurt late in the season. So I'll go Islanders in... In seven. In seven. Islanders. No, no, I'm sorry. Not the Islanders. I'm going Hurricanes in seven. Hurricanes in seven. So let's write some of this down. Bruins six. Maple Leaves six. Rangers in seven. Canes in seven. The year the Bruins won the uh, Stanley Cup years ago, I was in like a pick that year. And... I picked every first round matchup like correctly and of like what there's eight 
I got like seven of them right to the game. I've never been that close ever again. I'm not going to sit there and say I'm like fucking wonderful at this. It's like, yeah, I, I, I you know, I did it that one time. <laughs> you know? Oh, let's go into the Western Conference. That's not what I wanted to see. Is it going to... There we go. They flipped it on me. You got the Stars versus the Kraken. The Kraken in their first ever playoff series. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I like the Stars a little bit, but they seem like a regular season team. Why? I don't know. They just have that feeling when I watch them. I'm like, I feel like this is a team built to win in the regular season and not built to win in the playoffs. But I also feel like the Kraken kind of went all in to get to the playoffs and not really caring about building a roster to win in the playoffs. So it's like kind of, mm. I'll go Stars in five. I think the Stars will win this one in five as much as I just kind of said they were not good. <laughs> they were not as good. I mean, they're the number one seed out there, but... Eh, you know. Then you got the Avalanche and the Wild. Uh, the Avalanche have came on so strong down the stretch. They are the team in the West that I'm most worried about. Um, outside of if Connor McDavid and Drysaddle decide just to be absolute fucking, you know, themselves, like except to another level, which that I'm not even sure that's possible, but they might. Those are the teams that worry me the most in the West. Um, Avalanche and Wild. I'll go Avalanche and six. Um, I don't know enough about the Wild to really give a great breakdown here, but I just know the Avs have been playing great down this fucking stretch. They look like a team that is ready to now, after taking most of the year off, I know they uh, lost Landis Gog for the rest of the year. Uh, he never did come back from his knee injury, um, so he's out for the playoffs, and he's a wonderful captain, but man, that's still a lot of talent on that team, and Mac are coming back. I know, not great on the back end, but, you know, they are still the defending champions for a fucking reason. Uh, like I said, what, Avalanche and six. There we go. We got Vegas versus the Jets. This is one where I'm going with another up. I'm going with the upset here. I think the Jets win this one. I think the Jets win it in six. Um, I know last year when Cassidy got fired by, like, the Bruins, I, like, hated all over it, and I thought it was horrible. I love Bruce, blah, blah, blah. The more and more I learn about the team and all that stuff, the more I realize Bruce was the problem with the Bruins for years because he's, like, just so rigid and doesn't accept any changes to his philosophy, and that is so hard come playoffs. I know we went to the finals, but man, like, you know, I don't know. There's, like, talk, like, if uh, Bruce was back this year, Bergeron would have retired. Krejci would have stayed in uh, the Czech Republic or Chechia or whatever you call it anymore. Uh, DeBrusque would have kept his trade request. I, yeah, there would have been, like, just absolute chaos, and it's quite possible Pasternak would not have even thought about signing back with the Bruins if Bruce was still around. So... I'm doing this out of spite. The Jets in seven over the Vegas Knights. Oh, man. And all of the real Vegas fans, all three of them, will be so upset. And then all the other tourists will be like, oh, man, sucks the season's over. No, I have to go gamble all my money away. I'm not a big fan of Vegas. Whatever. Then we got the Oilers and the Kings. I'm going Oilers and six. Um, They are so fucking talented. Like, I really like watching the Oilers play. They are so fun to watch. Offensively, just fucking ridiculous. They're better defensively, too, than they were a little bit last year, which I think was their downfall. Um, I'm still not, you know, that confident in Stuart Skinner at the, or Skinner at the back, but, you know, I think it's enough to get him out of the first round, just McDavid and Drysaddle and Nugent Hopkins alone in that first line. Three guys scoring 100 points in a season. It's pretty fucking cool. But, yeah, I'll go Oilers in six, and boom. 
that's the first round. Bruins, Maple Leafs, uh, Hurricanes, and Rangers in the East. Then I've got the Stars, the Avalanche, the Jets, and the Oilers coming out of the West. And then we'll see how fucking wrong I am. And we'll go from there. That should be sports talk. I know we kind of went deep. Because why not? Because it's NHL playoff time. It's the best time of the year for sports. NHL playoffs are the best. It's the funnest. It's the most intense. The game changes so much in terms of speed, its intensity. Like, it's there's nothing like it. You know, because I think the big difference between, like, NHL and NBA, because, one, they play at the same time of the year, and they talk about the same thing in the NBA where, like, oh, the playoffs are just so different. I think the big difference is, like, the NHL regular season is still fun to watch, whereas, like, NBA regular season is the most dog shit stuff to watch because it's just boring. It's a whole bunch of guys playing at, like, 75% speed most nights, <laughs> like, not giving a shit because it's like, well, because most teams already know they're going to the playoffs before the season starts. Like, yeah, they have, like, playing games. Like, 20 teams technically make the playoffs now. Why do you give a fuck about anything? Why do you play 82 fucking games if t- 20 teams make the fucking playoffs? If two-thirds of the league go to the playoffs, technically, well, they got a way to play a game. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Why are two-thirds of this league going to a playoffs? And they want us, like, to talk about expanding playoffs for the fucking NHL. Slap whoever said that. Slap them in the face with a paperback book. That's right. <laughs> Bringing that back. Uh, but whatever. It's the best time of the year. It's NHL playoff time, guys. And... It's time for Preston North End to come to the Premier League. Oh, baby. Yeah. Where are we at? Um, I talked a little bit about getting back into writing. I have not talked about that. Talk about getting back into writing. One thing, um, if you've listened to the uh, Karaoke Chris episode, we talked about the Virtute the Cat episode that I've kind of promised like multiple times that I've never done. Um... I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I He kind of gave me the kick in the ass. I'm like actually saying stuff and actually doing it. He gave me the kick in the ass like when's it coming? Um, I've got to do it. I've got to do it now. He's called me out publicly. I've got to sit down. I've got to write out how I want to do it too. I just don't want to do it like where I'm just sitting here listening to the songs and then basically doing the three songs of the week but just doing it with Virtute the Cat. I want to dig a little bit deeper and make it more of an actual kind of th- – I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. More of like almost like an essay type thing where I like kind of really digging into all the metaphors that the song represents, mental health, um, you know, the projection of ourselves that we see, like the projection of what we think others see of us or even like the uh, our self-doubts and how ridiculous they may seem because we – by self-projecting your own thoughts on the other people um, – you real if you really dig into them, you realize all these good things that you think some people like the phony stuff. Like for me, I'm like you know people say I'm you know, oh you're a good person or you know you do all these like you say like do good things. I'm like oh, I'm such a fucking phony. I feel that way all the time. But you know if if I feel like I'm being a phony to you, I'm still in my mind kind of realizing I'm doing things to trick people. I'm this is why I need to work through this episode because I'm not really sure I'm explaining this properly. Uh, so by I'm not. At a certain point, you're not tricking people. You're actually just being a good person. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm tricking these people every day into thinking I'm doing good things. Well, eventually, you're tricking yourself into thinking you're only doing it to trick people. I don't know. That's why I really need to sit down and really have it planned out and put it up. Hopefully, I can have it out before Memorial Day. That's the goal is to have it before Memorial Day. There we go. Let's put a timeline on stuff. Like, um, I still want to do this as middle age. I think that could be fun. Um, I don't know. I really don't know where to go with it. I wrote some of it, but it, I don't know. I haven't gelled it 
it there's no transitions. It's mostly just random points. It's mostly just a regular episode of the podcast. So I want to make it more of a cohesive thing. All those episodes, I want to be cohesive, um, which cohesion is not the monster ate the pilot way. <laughs> and then I still want to do 17 seconds of hell, but that says such dueling um, themes and dueling kind of what what's going on in that episode is so drastically different every single time I approach it that it's very hard to reconcile the two together into a cohesive episode. So I need to figure out which way I want to go left or right. It's still something that's still very bare bones at the moment. Um, it also would require me to watch fucking game six of the 2013 Stanley Cup finals again. And I really kind of don't want to because of how fucking like, not just, you know, all oh, the Bruins lost Stanley Cup. I watched them lose fucking game seven at home. I've watched that, you know, and a team that we fucking beat the shit out of all game long. Like, you know what I mean? I, I think we t I talked about it with Chris, um, the other day. It's like, you know, if you look at the stats, like all like the advanced stats, anything you look at that, that game seven against the Blues, you would think the Bruins won four to one. And it's like, no, they lost four to one. You know what I mean? Like the most one of the most frustrating losses ever. Like so I can revisit games where we lose a big one. I mean, you no, know, I've seen Steven Gerrard slip against Chelsea at home at Anfield where all we had to do was get points. All we had to do was tie that game or win that game, whatever, we we're winning the fucking title. And I watched Steven Gerrard, the fucking greatest player in Liverpool's history, slip and the whole thing fall out of our hands. I've watched that. I've watched that again. You know, I didn't have never went revisited it. I have seen it again, you know, since it happened. So, I mean, I can watch that game. It's just the undertones of it, of everything that was going on in my house during that game, you know, with my dad and other stuff like that. It's it's going to be very difficult for me to revisit that game enough to where I want to work on it. So, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's something that's, it'll take a lot out of me to do. So, it's one of those things I think I, I worry a little bit about. Stretching myself too thin. Uh, and then I don't think I'm ever going to get Requiem for uh, the game all, um, going. I don't think the baseball thing's ever coming. As much as I kind of sometimes want to, I think my whole I don't give a shit anymore is basically what you get for it. <laughs> <laughs> Though I guess steals are up, so that's cool. I mean, it only took them having to like completely destroy the game to get steals to be like a cool thing again. The pickoff rules, you can only pick off twice. That's so fucking stupid. Like, it should be able to pick... Because, like, oh, we can't have them pick it off, like, 15 times in a row. I'm like, that happens, like, once a year. Maybe. Where they... Somebody gets a stick... Like, you know, gets, like, a, you know, fucking... What is it? A... a, a what? Itch... Uh, itch up... Uh, wherever. Whatever. There's a saying that I'm forgetting right now. That, uh... Where they do that. Where they just call pick off, pick off, pick off, pick off. And it's just a goofy fucking thing that happens once a year. Or once every two years. And they made a whole fucking rule to stop it. Like, shut up. Shut up. Basically, what they need to do is go to, like, beer league softball rules and just ban the home run. Like, you get two, you get three home runs a game. You hit three. If you hit another one, you're out. Now you have to move. Now you have to get singles. You have to hit doubles. You got to keep moving at all times. That's how it should fucking work. But, you know, what's, what, you know, I'm only fucking way smarter than fucking Rob Manfred. So what do I know? I mean, it doesn't take much. He's a douche. He's a dumbass. I'll say it to my dying breath. <sighs> I think I've done all this. Have I done this? Yep. Yep. Check marking everything. Yep. 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 And the only other thing I wanted to talk about 
was a couple things. It's mostly social media related. I was at work and they had like the news was on like the TV or whatever. And it was, it was nothing. It was like, it wasn't much of a story. It wasn't like some stupid political story. It was like, um, oh shit. What was, it was like, they put up this obvious answered question. Like a question. It's like obvious what the actual answer is. Like the question was, is social media harmful to te- like, uh, to, um, school children? And I'm like, yes, duh. It is because in my day, if there was a bully or something like that, I like how I just got to say in my day. I understand I got to say it's in my day. I understand that. I got to say that. I am so proud that I got to say that. I'm at the age where I can say in my day. I am – oh, you have no idea. I'm about to sit in my reading chair, put on my fake-ass like glasses, and read a good book about World War II. That's what age I am right now. Uh, but no, in my day, when people were bullied, you went home and you could escape it. You wouldn't see – you wouldn't get bullied anymore You know, for the time. You know, you just had to wait, like worry about it at school. Um, you'd go to school, some kid like, oh, I'm going to shove you in a trash can or whatever fucking thing people did. Like I said, wasn't much of a bully or wasn't one that really got bullied. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> Whoa, where'd that come from? Uh, um, wasn't one that really got bullied or anything like that. It wasn't one that really bullied. So, um, was it going with this? Or like now, like, but when I, if I were, I'd go home, I could like, okay. I don't have to worry about it till tomorrow or I can get away from it weekend. Now with social media, it happens 24 fucking 7. 3 o'clock in the morning, your bully decides he wants to call you whatever stupid name. He can send you a direct freaking message. Or he could get your phone number from a different friend and text it to you. And, you know, kids, teenagers, they don't deal with things properly because they're just, at that point, they're still, there's so many fucking hormones flying around. They have no idea how anything works. They can't figure anything out. That's just how it is. I mean, uh, so... They can't tell anybody because then they feel like they're being like a tattletale, and they don't want to be that. They don't want to be a baby. They want to be an adult because everybody just wants to be an adult all the time. Then they get to adulthood, and they're like, I hate this too. Uh, (laughs) So, I mean, like it's so much worse now, and like social media is so horrible for teenagers. I also know it's horrible because it's horrible for me at my age, at 32. Social media is a horrible thing. It should not be around. We were not ready as a species for social media. Oh, man, we were not ready at all. Because once again, it was one of those things where everybody got an opinion and everybody thought their opinion was right, no matter how wrong it actually was. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It was, yeah. So I saw that and I thought it was weird that they even asked the question because it's obvious social media is not just, like I said, not just for school kids. It's for everybody. It's not a great thing. Try to kind of disconnect as much as you can. Like, there's good parts of it. I mean, finding out news in real time, uh, connecting with the things you actually like and have the opportunity to find things that would you would not have access to 20 years ago would be key or is, like, a really cool part of social media. But the negative side of it where people just want to be contrarian and just say, I hate this, and then berate people and just, I don't know, take things out of context and just start making stupid fucking arguments and just going in circles. Like, going into a comment section is, like, I don't know. It's like basically putting the gun in your mouth at that point. <laughs> like it's the dumbest. So people are so fucking stupid. Uh, people are so dumb. They are so dumb. I just I can't believe that they put that on there. It's like Ooh, is is it like like they're being like a, it, this is an interesting question. No, it's not. No, it's not because there's an obvious answer. So it's not a, really a question. It's a rhetorical question because you already know the answer. And then the other thing is um, I'm getting so goddamn sick of ads on YouTube or wherever I watch stuff. Like, 
I try to watch. Um, I go to re. I always rewatch like Bruins highlights, like after the game, just like kind of catch highlights, especially if I don't get to see it. Um, because I miss the. F- I'd say, I missed the first two periods of the Canadians game. So you know, I went back and just watched the um highlights. It's a um. Let's see. It's an eight-minute video. I got hit with an ad before, which I was able to skip. I skip. And then a minute and 30 seconds in, it goes to two ads of 15 seconds apiece that I cannot skip. And then at the four-minute mark, it hits me with more ads. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I want to watch an eight-minute video of a game that happened last night. I understand if you put an ad, ads at the beginning of the video, what the fuck ever. But to sit there and interrupt it twice... On an eight-minute video, which just, it infuriated me to the point like I was I ugh, I wanted to punch stuff. I yelled. I'm like, "What the fuck is this? This is ridiculous!" Like it, ugh, I'm sick of it, man. I'm so sick of any time I try to watch anything like that fun little uh, King of the Hill thing I posted at the very like I played at the very beginning of the episode. I had to watch an ad before I had let you guys listen to a one-minute and twenty-three-second clip from a TV show. There was an ad, a 15-second non-skippable ad that had to be played before I could watch a 1-minute and 23-second clip. Like, I don't I, I don't buy any of the shit that's on those ads out of spite, you know? I don't buy any of that shit. I refuse to because of your fucking, like, just because you put them everywhere on every single video. It's so dumb. I hate it, and I hate algorithms. I hate all this stuff that apparently is important or whatever. It's like, oh, it's all about your algorithm. No, it's all about, you know, basically, I don't, algorithms and all that stuff is all about playing the game that corporations want you to play. It's basically a control method. I'm going into deep fucking, I don't know, conspiracy Bill Burr fun stuff right here. They're all about taking away your money, taking away your opportunities unless you play their game. That's what they want from you. They want you to be basically, you know, like holding your hand out like Oliver Twist, like, can I have some more, please? You know, that's what they want from you. They want you to be playing their game. They want you to be losing at their game. Constantly chasing a carrot. Chasing the carrot until it makes you fucking sick. That's what they want from you. You know, I'm going in and all now. It, it drives me up the fucking wall. It's like, oh, I have to put these hashtags in or your video won't get seen. Why? Why do I have to put these hashtags in? Like, you know what I mean? I guess the hashtags aren't the worst thing because then people are going to search the hashtag. But it's like, oh, you need to make sure you post a video in this fashion. Or you need to make sure you put this song on there. Then it qualifies for the algorithm. Oh, if you say this, it will take you out of the algorithm. It's like, what the fuck is this, man? The internet was supposed to be freedom. But then again, we should not have freedom. Like, obviously, we should have freedom. I That came out weird, but we shouldn't have unlimited freedom. We shouldn't have freedom of what the Internet offered us. Oh, my good God almighty. The places you would end up sometimes on the Internet, like 4 o'clock in the morning, like, where the hell am I? Like, you just wake up, like, three days later, and you're just like, what happened to me? Uh. <laughs> but, man, like, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, once again, it's like the adpocalypse thing that happened a couple years ago on YouTube where people went from making, like, like they were making, like, this much money, and then overnight they went from making like say 
like a hundred thousand dollars on their YouTube channel to making like five thousand dollars because they completely just fucked them because it's like they're making too much money and we don't have a way to make money off of it. So we need to find a way to steal that money back because that's what corporations are doing. We don't live in like you could say, um, you know, capitalism. We don't even live in capitalism. We don't like we live in this oligarchical like bow down, take your pants off, get it from behind from the fucking corporations. Sorry, mom, if you're listening to that one, I did not mean to, you know, put that image in your head, but I'm just saying what I have to say. I'm Brandon. I have no filters until I re- listen to it later and go, what the hell were you thinking saying that, Brandon? But I said it, and I mean it. That's what this like country has become. We have become this country of, you know, just taking it from corporations and saying, well, that's just the way it is. It's capitalism. No, it's not. It's not. Capitalism is me coming up with an idea myself and not having to, like, sell it out to have a chance for it to succeed. So then, you know, I make $100 off it so you can make $1,000 off of it. That doesn't make any fucking sense. That's not capitalism, at least in my mind. Capitalism is me taking that idea, you know, farm like mining it until I make it as good as possible where you want it and you want to spend your money on it. And then I can take it as far as I want to go. I want to go. Not what you want to do with it. And then you buy it, you change it, you make it as, you know, whatever you want to do with it, and then you cut me the fuck out of it. That's, you know what I mean. Pretty soon somebody's going to buy this podcast, and they're going to change the name. And they're going to be like, oh, well, this is what this podcast is supposed to be about. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. (sighs) The hell am I talking about? I am off the rails. I am – I apologize for whatever. I just blacked out. What's up? (laughs) We're having a good time. Aren't we? I hope so. I don't know what capitalism is, so you could probably prove me pretty wrong about what I just talked about. So <laughs> I failed at economics. I don't know who fucking Gordon Wood is, so whatever. Let's get into the Lost Rewatch, ladies and gentlemen. The Lost Rewatch. Actually, before I get into the Lost Rewatch, um, after we'll have this episode on Sunday, you'll have the Nick Baxter episode on Thursday. Next Sunday, you'll have a brand new emblem for the show because Nikki B, Nikki Baxter, Mr. Bear Burger, Beach Bot Extraordinaire, Buddy Back from the Dead, I don't even know where I was going with that, made me an emblem for the show. And it is pretty fucking cool. I uh, He sent it to me, and I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. I'm going to be using that. So if you're watching the video, you can see it a little bit. I can't figure this thing out. I can't do it because of the wire. It's backwards, but whatever. You can see it on the podcast. Yeah. It's going to be the new emblem. I'm pretty excited. It's pretty lost related. It's fun. Um, I'm excited to eventually share it. I'm not sure why I'm not sharing it immediately. It's just because I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't I don't know how to do anything. I forgot the I took a picture with Chris and I forgot to put it as like the 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 banner for the episode with karaoke Chris. And then I forgot to get a picture with Nick. So who fucking knows, man? I don't know what I'm doing at the time. Anyways. Anyways. Lost update. Lost update. Three episodes. We had expose. We had left behind. And we had one of us. Um, one bad episode. It's not good. One fine episode. It's fine. That's why I called it fine. And then one pretty good episode. Um, Expose is about Nikki and Paolo in response to everybody hating Nikki and Paolo during the Hydra arc, which is kind of weird because they really didn't do much. Nikki was pretty annoying the time Hurley comes back and she just berates him for not telling them more. Dude, the guy just went through a traumatic experience. Calm down. Calm down. He'll tell you when he's ready, when he can figure stuff out. It's like, what are you talking about, Hurley? What are you talking about? 
That's from uh, King of the Hill. I love King of the Hill. The Bill Dozer. Um, no, nah, so like uh, this is where they kill him off. Um, it's a hundred percent filler. There, you can skip this episode. The only thing important about this episode is that Charlie reveals the son that he's the one that dragged her off and like attacked her in season two, and like uh, made it seem like the others did it so him and Sawyer could steal the guns. Like that's the only thing that's important in this episode is that that happens, which makes it more important to the grand scheme of things than Stranger in a Strange Land because that that episode had fucking nothing going for it in terms of importance. This at least had that. It kills off two episodes, but uh, two characters. But who fucking cares? Neither one. I mean, it was pointless filler for pointless characters. They were pointless. Um, by the end, I felt bad for Paolo. Because it's kind of like he, I, I think there's enough there. I mean, Rodrigo Santoro's had good work since then. I've like always liked Keely Sanchez and other shows that I've seen her in, like The Glades. And uh, there was a show called Legend that was on FX, I think. We had one of the Jonas Brothers and the one dude who was good in Warrior, but then made like MMA schlock all the time or like action movie schlock. I can't remember his name. He was like in the Purge shit movies, which was like, I watched one of them. And then they made a second one. I watched like 10 minutes. I'm like, this is the dumbest set of movies that's gotten like eight movies ever it's horrible they're fucking horrible movies whatever anyway the best part of this episode is billy d williams billy d williams shows up at the very beginning it's wonderful it shows that uh nikki is an actress who was on a show called uh expose and hurley loves the show um and he was like all excited about reading the script it was fun um but it's 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 not it's just not good. I like the cameos. The cameos are cool seeing, you know, Ian Somerhalder and Maggie Grace show back up, Dr. Art shows back up, um, Ethan shows up, which I'll talk a little bit more about Ethan here when I talk about one of us. Um I like all those things, but there's some things I hate. I hate the fact that Nikki and Paolo found the Pearl Station before everybody else did, or found the beach plane before everybody else did, and like it I hate that. I hate that those two pointless people found it before Lock and Boone did. It's stupid. It's just dumb. Um, they played in well. I do like how they kind of touched, they made their deaths, they made certain scenes early in the season, like, more meaningful for this episode. Like, when, um, they decided to go to the Pearl Station, Paolo had went there to hide the diamonds they stole at the beginning of the episode. Like I said, I really don't give a shit. I'm not gonna go deep in this episode at all. Um, they stole diamonds. Paolo hides the diamonds in the Pearl Station, and then they want to go to the Pearl Station like everybody does. And he's like, oh, and he, that's why he's like, why, why, why do you want to go? You know, so they make it seem a little bit more meaningful. That wasn't the plan. I don't think it was. Uh, then it's a creepy ass ending. It is creepy. Uh, so the whole episode, um, Nikki finds out Paolo's been lying about these diamonds. Nikki's horrible this whole episode. She's not a good person at all. There's like, even if they kept her around, she was just awful. Like just selfish. It just, it just oh god, horrible. Just not, like, nothing really Keely Sanchez could do with it. Like, it's just too one note and just no depth in it. Just a bad person. Whereas I think Paolo had, like, you know, he's trying to recover. Like, you could do a redemption arc with Paolo, you know, somebody who's been, um, you say you kill Nikki, and, like, you know, he's not been this great person, all this stuff, and he's just trying to find his, you know, he's always been manipulated or, you know, never had a choice in what he's done. At least that's how it's presented. You could have done that, which it doesn't matter. Like, you know, they kill him anyway. But there's a spider. It's called the Medusa spider. It bites Paolo, paralyzes him, and it paralyzes uh, Nikki afterwards. The males do because they the pheromones. And it paralyzes for eight hours and makes you seem like they're dead. So at the end of the episode, 
Hurley and Sawyer bury the two of them alive. I'm not fucking kidding you. Two of our heroes bury two people alive. I know, I know, unbeknownst to them, but they still do it. And it's creepy, and it's fucking weird. <laughs> it is super fan servicey. Just like people, I remember how much people hated Nikki and Paolo, and I did not like them either. Because they were just kind of like, the way Sawyer's treating them. Who even are you? <laughs> <laughs> which was weird because there was like people who were like clamoring about all these background characters we don't get to know. So they made Nikki and Paolo to like, oh, we have other background characters we can introduce. And they like, all oh, do that. And then they introduce them like, this is not what we meant. <laughs> oh, but dude, it, it's a fucking weird. I'd give it like a five and a half out of ten. It's not as fun as I used to think it was. There, There's like no B plot. Like there's no Jack Sawyer, Kate. Like, you know, the last episode ended with the blowing up of the submarine. And there is nothing in this episode that has anything to do with that. And, you know, the last episode ends with uh, Locke finding his dad at, on the island. Nothing. Not a mention. No check-in. Nothing. Um, it's just... It's not very good. Like, you know... You have... I don't think Sun basically threatens Sawyer... With Jen telling Jen that, you know, Sawyer and Charlie attacked her or whatever. And I don't think that ends up going anywhere. Like, you know, there's an evil look in the next episode, but it doesn't go anywhere at all. So it's, you know, it's just an end to evil Charlie, evil Sawyer for nothing. Um, Next episode, like I said, five and a half for Expose. Not a great episode, but there's parts of it that are fun. And like I said, it has more importance than Strange in a Strange Land just for like one little moment. At least it like kind of takes care of one thing. Strange in a Strange Land did nothing. Nothing. God, I'm going to get into another rant about how horrible I hate that. I hate that episode. It's so stupid. I fucking hate it. Anyway, next episode is Left Behind. It is a solid Kate episode. Uh, she meets Cassidy from Sawyer's flashbacks. And that's where Cassidy talks about being pregnant, which we already knew she had a kid off island if she stays. So he manipulates her into staying by curing her sister's cancer and improves it. But in between, that's when you find out um, Ben has that tumor in his back. And that's why she doesn't believe him. She believes he's full of shit and calls him a liar. And she doesn't like that. So he shows her that her mother or that they're that her sister's still alive and actually had the baby. And, you know, you have that nice moment of, like, uh, they shut it off and, like, Juliet, like, freaks because she wants, she wants so bad to get off the island. Nobody wants off the island more than Juliet, which is really cool, you know. Adds that little fun layer to the others of not just being the cult within itself or whatever it's supposed to be. They have these outsiders who also do not want to be there, who are stuck. You have, like, Alex, Carl, Juliet. I Those are the top three off the top of my head. There might be a couple others that I'm forgetting off right now um but the other thing a big part of the last episode was that hurley tricked sawyer into thinking they were having a vote to kick him out of the group like they were going to trick him or he was tricking him and at the end sawyer finds out and hurley's like well you know you're going to be you're you're the leader around here so you need to step up so i'm you know he made him do nice things and made him like understands like you know doing good for the group is you know good for everybody um, and that he needs to step up. He's like, was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not the leader. He's like, well, there's no Jack. Uh, Locke's gone. Kate's gone. Saeed's gone. It's like, who else is it going to be? It's going to be you, you know? And then um, the very next episode, Jack comes back. Saeed comes back. Kate comes back. So why the fuck was that a storyline about Sawyer becoming a leader? 
in that episode. Like they could have done it in a completely different way, or just like maybe not done it so on the nose. They could have like done it a little more subtly, like like Sawyer kind of realizing, you know, he really enjoys being a part of this group, and he can be le- he doesn't have to be such a dick all the time, not be so sarcastic. You don't have to have Hurley saying you've got to be a leader around here, because obviously it leads in like you know, eventually Sawyer becomes a leader. And becomes that guy, you know, season five, LaFleur, you know, you know, taking care of Miles and Juliet and um, who else goes back with him? Oh, oh, Jen. And uh, I feel like there was one more person. I know there was like Charlotte, but she dies and Faraday, but he kind of disappears. Whatever. We'll get there. Uh, like I said, this. Um, like there's some decent answers here, like uh, the reason why Claire was abducted was to those I guess basically to put in like a little like a um a little cuz women who are on the island cannot get pregnant. So when Claire gets there, she's pregnant and she's able to have the baby. So they gave her like some stuff they were working on. That's what Juliet says they're giving her stuff to work on so she could actually have the baby and survive cuz you know it, the fetus turns on the mother and basically kills the mother. That's been the problem. That's why Juliet was brought to the island. Um Apparently they put like a would be like a sleeper agent within Claire, so she would get sick. So Juliet would have to save her, and then Juliet has earned the trust of the survivors because for doing this. Um, I like the you know showing the um, Ethan having to improvise when they find out he's not on the plane and taking Claire, and Juliet's like that's never part of the plan. You know, we were giving her this month, like this thing to like save her, blah 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 blah. Like it was kind of like neat to kind of have that little wrap up, and it makes sense because there's some answers on that we'll get in this show that make no fucking sense whatsoever. So it's nice that we at least have one that makes complete logical sense. But like I said, Elizabeth Mitchell's great. Eight and a half. B, B-plus episode. I liked it. One of us. I think... Where are we at now? I'm going to say... Hmm. We're at Catch-22, DOC, and The Brig. Those are going to be my three. Those are going to be the next three episodes. Let's see. Catch-22... Um... DOC, no, 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 no. Let's say Catch-22, The Brig, then DOC. Let's see, guys. What'd I say? Let's say The Brig. Oh, I was right the first way. Damn it. It is Catch-22, DOC, and The Brig. So I've got Catch-22 is... Desmond? Yeah, yeah, Catch-22 is Desmond. Yeah, this and then Dio's. Oh, that's when uh, what's her face shows up. Oh, I can't remember her name. Naomi. Yeah, Naomi shows up in the next episode. Then Doc is son, and then the Brig is Sawyer. Yeah. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the Lost Rewatch. Um, like I said, I post these to YouTube as well. Why? I don't know. It's, it's more work on the video stuff, just to kind of get more attuned to doing all that, like uh, the Premiere Pro or whatever. So that's like, you know, if you ever want to check it out on YouTube, you can. Or if you know somebody who dislikes it, it's like, hey, you can go to his YouTube channel and watch him. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, guys. Who cares? Anyways, that also should be it for me tonight. Thank you so much for listening, understanding all the fun stuff. This is, we're an hour and 20 minutes in. 
I mean, I only talked for six hours and 20 minutes on this podcast this week. Oh my God, I am so done talking. I cannot wait to not be back until next Sunday. <laughs> like, those long guest episodes do take a lot out of me, man. Like, um, especially when it's people I haven't seen for a while, because it's like I kind of want to really focus in with them. Um, but yeah, they're fun. I well, I wouldn't trade them for the fucking world. I love it. I love the fact I had Chris up. I love the fact I had Nikki on. Uh, Nick, like I said, his episode will be coming this Thursday, so make sure you are ready for that. It is a good time. It is a great time. It is a wonderful time. Make sure you're also checking out the uh, Chris Karaoke Chris episode. Uh, make sure you like, share, subscribe, support. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can find Monster Eight Pilot. You can find me on my social media platforms. Like I said, almost everybody who listens to this podcast is friends with me in real life. So you probably have my number. So if you ever have questions or answers or you just want to, you know, be on the show, do whatever, just send me, just send me, hit me up, do whatever. But you can also hit up the email, which is Monster Eight the Pilot the show at gmail.com periods between each word and then um yeah we'll have a great time thank you so much once again for listening i'll see you next week uh, stay positive get better go bruins go bruins next week we'll probably have a few let's see i think game one is monday so if they do it right hopefully the bruins are up 3-0 when i record next or on the way to 3-0 next week it probably won't be i'm not i think it's like Monday, Wednesday, and I don't think they've announced Game 3 yet. But whatever. Whatever. We'll get there. Um, root on the uh, North End. We are the North End. Deepdale. Preston North End. Big game tomorrow against Millwall. Uh, hope for a big victory. I'll see you next week. I am out. Girl Scout. What's it all about? Fun stuff. Rhymes. I'm here all the time. Yeah. See ya. <laughs>